Hello and welcome to Gardening World. This week we're going to be looking at how the seasons are changing and how we can start thinking about what we can be potting for next year and what we should be pruning back ready for the winter. Now, first of all, we have some beautiful skid shrubs. They've been really flourishing during the summer, but at this point in the year, we perhaps want to give that a bit of a trim round the bush. It's about this time of year you should probably think about planting some bulbs, some things you've watched, things you've played, and things you've listened to. Of course, if you can find a couple of queer translators to help you, all the better. And then, of course, these are the pride and joy, our queer and pleasant hydrangeas. <laughs> Fucking knew it. <laughs> Fucking knew it. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Hurricane Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. I know what day it is. Yeah, we know where we're at. We're not sleepy and sleep deprived. I'm no, so sorry. Tired. It's been a day today. It's been a day. And a night before that. Indeed. Time continues to move forward. How dare it do that? Can it just stop for a bit so it's I can. homophobic. Can, can, it stop? can time just pause so I can catch up? Because a lot has happened in a very short amount of time. I need a process. There's been a lot. Uh, but it's fine. We're here. There's another we're queer here. and pleasant we're strangers. Queer. The pleasant strangers. Yeah. What you played this week? That's where we tend to start the show. Things things we've played. I started playing three out of ten. I played episode one of that. What's three out of ten? It's a episodic game ish slash sitcom about working for a. a, a Publishing a, a game studio. Okay. And the the first episode is you are a new intern, or you're a new uh, animator. The previous okay. animator exploded. Oh. Um, you are you are to work at this company. They're trying to get a game out about sh- sh- surfing and sharks. I think you have to avoid being eaten by sharks. There's mini games in it. Yeah. Things like push blocks around to get an intern out of a cupboard and um, yeah and um to test to play test the game that your team is supposed to be making and i i i think i was expecting more of a like telltale game yeah because when you say episodic i'm picturing like make some narrative choices like ah i decided that we would you know reduce crunch uh, in order to give the workers more thing, but oh no, now we're under over budget because we didn't do crunch. Uh. It's like, oh, it's your first day. Go and meet all six people in the office. Ah, okay. Now that you've done that, we have a problem with all these people who are very upset that we put a tiger shark in the game instead of a great white shark. The fans, they're protesting outside our offices. How dare you? <laughs> because we did the thing and they're very into the, whichever shark it was that we didn't pick. And there, like the the scenario is wacky. Like you've got one guy who's like very angry all the time. Okay. You've got like Molly who is possibly working for some kind of sinister agency. <laughs> I don't really understand. It's her first day on the job as the new animator. 
the you have to pose action figures at one point for modeling purposes. Okay, yeah. Um, as I said, there was the whole thing we have to get an intern out of a cupboard or a room yeah. by moving boxes around. It's like one of those sliding puzzles. It, the intern is this shape. Yeah. To get them, get them to the other side by sliding all of the interestingly shaped boxes around. It's like, okay. I thought this would be great for stream. It was not great for stream. It it sounds like it's hey here's a, a bunch of wacky silly ideas we can string together with mini games. Won't it be wacky? I think it's it. It, it describes itself fine as a sitcom. It is a situation comedy where you just do moving around before between scenes and occasionally play a okay mini game. Like the animation's nice, the graphics yeah. are okay, and it, the, it gets its name from the the projected score for this game is going to be two out of ten. Yeah. But wait, it's gone up to three out of ten. I've never seen it go that high. Omg. <laughs> It's alright. Yeah. It's free. It's free on the Epic Store. I think ep- there's several episodes still to come. Yeah. It's it's not a point and click. It looked like a point and click. I was wrong to assume you were, that you that were would be the missold game. on this. Your yeah. your your free game. Mm, yes. Uh, what about you? Uh, I've been playing Super Mario 3D All Stars this week. All of the stars or all just of some the, of the stars? All of the stars. I've played all of them to some degree. I've mainly been playing Mario 64, but uh Not Galaxy 2. No, not not yeah. Galaxy 2, no. So this is that Mario collection that's got 64 Sunshine and the first Galaxy, and it, it's for some reason only on sale for like six months because Nintendo's driving artificial scarcity. <laughs> But, Nintendo? Artificial um, scarcity? I mean, it's not usually this brazen. Um, but I managed to get a hold of one, and uh, it's a it's a bit of a lazy port job. Um, there's a lot of basic quality of life things that you would imagine would have been done that have not been done. Um, Talk to the camera. Yeah, Mario 64 is the one that like stands out the most as like... Hey, I'm not expecting you to give it the full Crash or Spyro remastered treatment where you redid all of the visuals for you all the games. You could have used the DS version with the 64 yeah, graphics. Exactly. You could have you could have done the 64 version that had the extra characters, or you could have, you know, put it in widescreen and given full 3D camera control. Because, like, modders have done that with ROMs of this game for years, and it's pretty easy to do, and it makes that game infinitely more playable. But that said, I've been having a lot of fun. Um, the port of Sunshine in particular looks absolutely fucking gorgeous. Like, it's, it is given, th- that game looks infinitely better in this port. Mm. It's probably the one of the three that had the nicest visual bump. Mm. Um, Mario 64 is the one I've been playing through. I'm trying to 100% it, get all 120 stars. Um, and I'm like 95 stars deep. I'm, I'm getting there. Mm. Um, there are some stars in that game that are bullshit. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, that wall that looks like absolutely every other wall and is just like three quarters of the way up this mountain. Oh yeah, that one you can jump through. You just have to know that or jump against every wall until you find one. Um, people do. Yeah, there's there's some just like, oh, how was anyone meant to ever work that out? There was no indicators of what that was. And uh, I had some interesting conversations with people where sometimes... The thing that's unclear in a level is like, oh, the Japanese name of that level gives you a hint as to that thing. Oh, and in the English version, they translated the name but didn't like include the pun-based hint. Uh, and yeah. now like, oh, that's why that level is like near impossible and you've got to like fucking brute force your way through. Because 
the level's title was supposed to give you a hint as to what that was. Oh dear. Yeah, there's a bit of that that goes on, but like, honestly, the game has aged really well, considering it's what, like, 30, what is it, 35th anniversary? Uh, it's the Mario Mario's 35th anniversary Mario Brothers is yeah Uh, I imagine Mario 64 has got to be about 25 years old at this point because it was what mid 90s oh god I'm old yeah right like it was what N64 was like 94 95 97 97 okay it's over 20 years old and it has aged really well um 64, we're still talking about 64, yeah? Yeah, Mario 64. You briefly mentioned Sunshine. Uh, uh, Um, Mario 64 is over 20 years old, and it plays incredibly well still. Like, Nintendo fucking knocked it out of the park on how to make a 3D platformer and nailed it on the first attempt, and I understand why that is the template that 3D platformers followed. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of its level design is very clever. It, It feels really good to play. It's got little bits of bullshit here and there, but nothing that can't be ignored. Um, Sunshine Sport looks looks beautiful. Uh, it's in widescreen. That's great. That's all I really have to say about that port. It's a port of Sunshine. It, it's a good-looking port of Sunshine. Galaxy, great game. Looks even better. It looks even better than it did before. Now it's at a nice sparkly resolution. Uh, you can now press the Y button rather than having to shake your controller to do the spin. And that alone makes this the version of the game to play. <laughs> like that's that's all I needed. Oh, I can press a button rather than needlessly waggle. Okay, this is the version of the game to get. No waggling. I mean, you can still waggle if Are you, you want. Are you anti-wag? You can waggle if you want to. You just don't you have your to friends waggle. Because <laughs> your friends don't waggle and if they don't waggle. Then they're no friends of mine. But like, that's the thing about this collection. All three of these games are very good games that I would argue are better here than they were originally. Um, like, these are good versions of these games. They're just... There are minor little quality of life improvements that it would have been really nice to see them you know, do. Yeah, I was watching um, a modern vintage game the other day and he was talking about the emulation for 64. Yeah. The fact that they're using, like, Lua script to, like, fast transfer textures into the game yeah. as it emulates. Yeah, that, that I, I was watching, I think it was Digital Foundry were talking about that, mm-hmm. so it's, they're running the original mod, they've not put the new these new higher resolution assets into the mod, but they are Trans like they're intercepting the call to the to the ROM like let's get this uh, this asset and the Lua script's going no this one instead this and one, just funneling it in from outside yeah those those new textures do look really nice though like all the new UI stuff is so much crisper and I looked at some original N64 footage and I'm like oh yeah this does look much nicer you didn't notice on a CRT telly exactly like you didn't notice things like Mario swapping out to a noseless square model when he's <laughs> in the distance which is now very obvious in HD I was looking at Tallulah's video of that on Twitter the other day oh, just like did you, did you, further back was, further was that on the top of the bomb battlefield yes. yeah there is there is a definite like I'm in the zone now if I start walking I will turn square <laughs> it's it's quite a thing yes uh, also just in case you're interested if this is a thing for you for speedrunners you can't do the infinite speed back uh, back jumping glitch in this version of the game so anything other than the glitchless 70 star run uh, you can't speedrun on this and it's it no longer says so long so long King Bowser, but it's so long gay Bowser is gone. Now he just shouts bye bye. Somebody was saying that that had actually been the case for a while. Uh, okay, so 
The original version that we all played, the N64 version released in North America and Europe, always had that line in. Right. This is a version from Japan that was like a re-release a year after the original release that okay. fixed some bugs. The 1.1. Yeah. It fixed Japan some... has a lot of those. Yeah, it fixed some bugs, namely the ability to infinitely back, uh, back jump backwards. Um, and it, it, for some reason, changed so long gay Bowser to bye-bye. And that's the version we have now. So we love Gay Bowser. No, so so long, Gay Bowser. Come back, Gay Bowser. We love you. It's okay. So long, Gay Bowser. Yeah, that's what I've been playing. I've just been playing old Mario games, mainly sixty-four. Mario games are good. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been playing? I played a Mario game. <gasps> what Mario game did you play? I played Mario Two, <gasps> All Mar- Stars Edition. Yeah, you you've been playing a Mario All Stars as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played the the one on the the SNES thing on. Nintendo Online for Switch. Yeah. It's the one that they released for the SNES with the shinier graphics. Indeed. Which is just how I like to play those games. I say I like to play those games. Two is the only one I had any interest in. I'll be controversial. Don't particularly care for the first Mario. Definitely don't like Lost Levels. And don't really like Mario 3 either. Yeah. I, I think I only really like Mario 2 for the nostalgia factor. I was never yeah. good at it. I could never really get past the level where you've got to jump on the... Like, you come out of a door or a pipe at the beginning of the level. There's one of those swoopy things. Ah, yeah. You jump on it, you grab the little magic carpet, and you ride forward. Yes. Couldn't get much further than that. Well, see, this is the joy of playing it on the Switch Online, in that they have that wonderful rewind feature, which makes actually seeing the end of these games a lot more viable. I've finally seen the end of Mario 2. And it was all a dream. And also, you have to play it with the other characters, I guess. Uh, apparently so. I won't do that. No, no. no. I played through as Luigi, because that's who I played through as a kid. Yeah. Luigi's a good character to play as. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you played? Um, we we played, we played, uh, we did board game. We, we did the boarded game. Yeah. We what, what's that board game we played? We played Eldritch Horror. Yes, the cut down version of Arkham Horror, the slightly <laughs> chunkier version of the Arkham Horror Living Card Game. This one didn't take 30, 40 minutes just to tell us what all the components were. It did take twenty minutes. It did so take twenty minutes, but like not forty minutes. <laughs> it <did. laughs> it's um, it's it's a big game set in the Lovecraft universe, hmm. and. In places that shows. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, because as I understood it, Fantasy Flight had been doing a really good job of getting the Lovecraft out of Lovecraft. Yeah. Like, you can have all the cosmic horror, you can have the weirdness, like the, oh god, I've seen a colour that no human has ever seen before, and I've been oh. driven to the brink of my brain because human minds were not supposed to see that particular colour, but it's kind of a greeny purple. <laughs> I think that's Octarine, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, like, I got it. I unpacked it. I punched, like, three lots of punch board out. I had a lot of fun with that. I'm a big fan of punch board. Punch board's great. I looked at the sheer size of these six-fold uh, <laughs> boards. That's a big board. It's a big board. The fact that I was concerned that we were going to have to, like, pull the extra bits out on the table... Because it barely fits on that table, yeah. especially with all the like tokens and stuff around it. Yeah, I had to put most of the tokens in the lid of the box and go, 
Um, yes, I will need one of these. <laughs> and, grab and them as needed. Yeah. There's a lot in that box. Hmm. But, hmm. Well, like, the, the characters. Yeah. We have boring Professor Man, who is very white and beardy. Mm-hmm. And we have a hard-nosed detective man who is white and wears a hat. And here is psychic lady who is white and l- lies on a chaise lounge. And we have, uh, yeah, was she the actress? I think, uh... I was the spy who was also yeah. generic white lady. And then we have the shaman who is the only black woman in the game. Yeah, there are aspects of this that are not Right. We have the martial artist who is the only Asian woman in the game. Yeah, there and is. I'm sitting there going, oh god, no, I thought they corrected all of it. Yeah, there is some falling into tropes and stereotypes, yeah. which is a real shame. It is. Mechanically, it is it is it's a it's a dense game. There's a lot of yep. mechanics happening and we we were messing up the rules left, right, and centre and like learning as we went, like, oh shit, we probably should have been doing this for the last like ten turns. Well, uh, well I think we we I, think we, I think we won legitimately still. I still it would have been a bit did. more tense. I'm it would have sure. been. I, I think it would have been a lot more tense. Like that. One of the things we we hadn't quite clicked was what caused like the doom counter that brings doom. you closer to your doom. Or one of the things. That one of the things. The one of the the faster things that does that. Yeah, we had. Because I'd spotted been... one, and it yeah. seemed like that that is the thing that does the doom thing. Yeah. So like the, we we, it's one of those games that is complex enough that once you think you've got the rules you have to just jump in and be like I'm gonna make mistakes, we're gonna realise there's rulings we've got wrong We'll, we'll f- playing it is the best way we're gonna learn those mistakes There is certainly enough in the box that like, playing through your first game and kind of fucking it up, but by the end of it going, I get this now means that it's firstly, you're never gonna have the same game again Yes it, I mean, like, there's, there's something like eight characters I think, in the base mm. game there's um, four different great old ones you can be against. You can technically make the game slightly harder by the way you stack it, uh, the, by what cards you put in the Mythos deck. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we played on the the easier mode with the uh, the, start, the, yeah. the, the the starter old one. <laughs> Yeah, the the basic idea is each uh, turn you get, what is it, two actions? Two actions. Um, which can be things... You can't use the same action more than once, but they can be things like move to a location, or collect some travel tickets that will give you extra movement next turn, or um, investigate a location, or do an ability on your card. And uh, basically it's... Try and get around the board because a bunch of bad stuff is happening, and you need Gates to. Gates are opening. Yeah, the old ones are coming. It's there's lots of things keep on top of them because everything is bad in all directions. Mm. Um, every time you finish a turn, you draw from this deck where very bad things will happen. Bad things, and that could be a gate has opened and a monster has come through, and also that means that potentially bad things will happen every time that particular yeah. symbol that's on that gate comes up again. Exactly. Um, I like how they handle their skill checks. Um, yes. They've got a cool skill check Even system. Even though it's dice-based, I didn't have too much of a problem with that. Yeah, so the your character that you pick will have like uh, various stats and they might be good at thinking but bad at hitting things or stuff like that. And basically whatever skill you are testing in that moment, uh, whatever number it is, you roll that many die, and you only have to get one success generally, or in combat it will tell you how many successes you need mm-hmm. to get, but the higher your number, 
basically the more die you get to roll to try and get that one success you're looking for. Yes. And I think it generally works well. Um, yeah, I think that like the items you pick up modify the the, the dice enough. Yeah, the uh, the like they're they're the spells as well that yeah. you can get can, will do things. The fact that there are places you can go to improve the skills yes. on your cards. Yes, it's it's they clearly mark on the board like if you go here, you will probably get the ability to increase X stat, and that's really useful to know. Oh. Um, that it's generally. You're given lots of ways to build up your numbers for the build type you want mm. and to rectify any major holes in your build, um, which helps. And to modify rolls and things like yeah. that. It doesn't feel like you're just playing Yahtzee or something, yeah. pure luck dice rolls. I also quite like the fact that th there's no downtime. So while your characters can die or um, lose their minds because of the horrors they've seen mm. or encountered or the just general weirdness of things. Like, if that character suffers too much mental or physical damage, you flip, you put them, you put their, all their stuff to one side and you can go and go to the place where that person died or was hospitalised and you can find them and go, I'm going to grab all of your stuff off you. Yeah. Depending on what kind of malady you've suffered in the end. Yeah. And it could be like, you will do a skill check against them and they will hand everything off to you, but with dire warnings about the future. Yeah. I, I like that, like, obviously upon death, death is not inconsequential because, oh no, I now have to get across the board if I want my stuff and I've probably been set back and my character hasn't been built up, etc. Mm -hmm. Um... But you're not, like, out of the game, and yeah. your stuff isn't gone. You can theoretically recover it and get back on that build yeah. you, you put your work into. Yeah, it's not like something like King of Tokyo, where, oh, I've been knocked out. Well, I might have to wait 20 minutes, or in the case of Eldritch Horror, an hour, while my friends finish up the game, because you just pick another character and dive in. Yeah. I, I'm always appreciative of a game that goes, like, let's keep everyone in and playing. Everyone play. It's okay. Don't worry. Yeah. And, like, I watched uh, Shut Up and Sit Down play, uh, like, a, a very highly editable one. They basically cut out most of the mythos phases. Yeah. And just went, yeah, we had a bad time during the mythos phase. This happened, that's happened, but my character's about to die. So I'm going to do this and basically sacrifice them. Yeah. And then I'm going to try and get stuff back for them. Uh, they were playing really recklessly. Yeah. But I well, think I they imagine... just wanted to get through content. Yeah. It, it seems like a really interesting game. I'm definitely interested to play more of it. Yeah. Um, and I hope that some of the later expansions do the stuff that the is in the living card game. Because I know the most recent set of that, they've got a black trans woman canon. Oh, like, heck. That's the kind of thing where I was like, Fantasy Flight, they've sorted a lot of a lot of the stuff yeah, out. Clearly, this was made uh, before they got to that uh, point. Like, yeah, I don't like seem. which generation. Like, I know Arkham Horror is on, like, its third iteration now. Yeah. And I don't know where Eldritch Horror is with that, but I know there's, like, a bunch of expansions which yeah. probably include more of the characters. Because Fantasy Flight seem to re-love you, uh, well, love reusing like art assets mm. and concepts between the three yeah. games. It's just a shame the base contents on this is a bit stereotyped mm -hmm. and shitty in places. So beware of that if you're considering getting it. But uh, this box weighs a ton. Mechanically, mechanically fascinating game. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, you played anything else this week? Uh, we played some some games over Skype. Oh yeah, we did. We, we played a, ge- a game of uh, Pandemic with the Mutation Strain. Yeah. If you want to read about my thoughts on the Mutation Strain, I wrote a whole <gasps> thing about Pandemic and Pandemic on the Brink. Yes, you did. On StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Go check out my things. I've been writing lots of stuff about boarded games. Yeah. Pan- pandemic worked very well over Skype. Uh, I think it helped that the other people we were playing with had a board so that they could mirror the cube layout yep. so that like they, they could see where cubes were over Skype, but exactly how many cubes was sometimes a little lost in the detail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't help they were using a pandemic legacy board and some of the connections are yeah. slightly different. Occasionally they had to double check, are these places connected? Is this connected to this it, place? It was good enough that we, we got through yeah. a game without too much issue. Yeah. They had a very close game. Mm-hmm. It, it drew down to literally the last couple of cards. Yeah, if we'd gone like an, a, like to the end of the next turn, we would have lost. Yeah. Which is good. Way. Yeah. I, I like it when it happens. It, it felt weird playing a game that moved the way it did. Yeah. Like, we were playing, I think, only with five uh, Epidemic cards, which yeah. is, like, I think medium difficulty. Yeah. So it just felt like there was one point where it just went on and on and on and on and on, just drawing from the Epidemic de- deck without that coming back around. And I think that was partly because... In two consecutive rounds, we got epidemics. Yes, we we had all of our epidemics bunched up, and then a lot of the game where there was no epidemics to deal with. Just like we are getting through this deck, and the, the mutation strain going. Yeah. I'm just gonna pop another card out from the bottom here, huh? And because uh, the the epidemic hadn't come up, it in my head like I didn't twig how much we were progressing because I was mm. like, oh, we've not had another epi- epidemic. Yeah, we got like most of the way through the um, infection deck. Yeah, which is a rarity. Yeah, I've not seen that happen. Um, um, and then we play some Azul Summer Pavilion. Again, that's a nice easy game to play over Skype because it's big, colourful, click-clack tiles that you can very easily see over a webcam. It's even easier when you've got three cameras pointed at the table. Exactly. Those those click-clack tiles are so nice. They're so good! It's, we've talked about this game before. You, you pick up tiles of a certain colour. If you pick a colour, you get to take all the ones from that pile of that colour. Um, there's these flowers made up of those colours. You put down X number of, of tiles to fill up the flower. Get bonus points for filling in the flower. Get bonus points for getting all the ones or all the twos or all the threes. It's a really simple game. It's a really simple game with just... It's so beautifully tactile. It's, you just want to shove your hand in the bag and just rummage for ages. Uh, when you got the game out the other day, I was like, can I, can I have a rummage? Can I, can I have a rummage? Oh, you uh, can have a rummage around my bag. Of... It's, it's a really good game in that it's very simple, but its core mechanic just works. Yeah. Like, there is a lot of depth in... Oh god, which colour of tile do I pick right now? Oh god, this is a very important decision. But it's only ever, what colour tiles do I take? It was also a very different game in four player than it is in two. Yes. Stuff that you can see and that you want is much less likely to still be there when it comes back round to your turn. There's a lot more um, sniping things. (laughs) There's a lot more like, oh, that'll still be left, but no, no, everything I want is gone. Everything is gone. A desolate, barren world. You have, you have to be a lot more willing to uh, completely change what you're going for. Oh, yeah. Like, don't make any decisions until it's just the person before you taking their turn. Yeah. Because you will be disappointed otherwise. Ah. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's been everything I've played, I think. That's everything I've played, then. Well, then. Time for this.
Are you struggling to get to sleep because you accidentally imagined a better life for yourself and now you're just fantasising way into the early hours of the morning? I don't want to go to bed, I want to think about the nice world that could be. Are you filled with thoughts of existential dread keeping you awake and horrifying you all night long? Oh no, I thought about the reality and not the nice dream and now I'm uh, bad. Try brain switch. You just set the delay and switch off. You'll wake up... Whatever time you set the alarm for, having slept. Warning, Brain Switch makes no other claims apart from having slept. You will have slept. That is all. Brain Switch! I guess I technically slept. Oh, did you hear what the government have said now? Oh, what they said now? Oh, it's more continuing the, the, the confusing messaging about the, uh, you know, all of this. Oh, the whole, you mustn't go outside, except you must go to work, except... And you must go to the pub. And yes, and stay inside, but also children go to school. And make sure that you eat out, and you do go to work, if, unless you can stay at but home. Don't but if you don't go to work, you will be fired. But don't see your friends unless you're grouse shooting, because apparently that's different. Indeed. Still... Must grumble. Must grumble. Must grumble indeed. We can't, you know, let them get away with this, so we should be properly organised. Indeed. And we should make sure that uh, while we're socially distant and, and conscious wearing our masks, that we do resist the government's ridiculousness at every turn. Indeed. Must grumble. Must grumble. So, what if the, the, the I, I what lucky? I, what have I put in my eyes? I lucky do. Uh, we've watched some things together this week. We did? Um, we started watching a show on Netflix called Close Enough. Irregular show. Irregular, yeah, it's it's regular show, but a bit a bit ruder. It's it's about humans rather yeah. than burp and, and squirrels? It, uh, yeah, Raccoon? I, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it's about a pair of parents and their toddler who live in a house shared with a divorced couple and their wacky misadventures ensue. Yes, and references to 70s movies. Yeah, you, you've got divorced man who is a little bit conspiracy theory-ish and gets into very wacky troubles. Got chased by clowns tonight. He got into a bad deal with some clowns. That do puppetry of the penis. Ah, puppetry of the or penis. Or animals of the penis. <laughs> uh, there, is, there is the divorced woman who... She she likes to party. She do like to party. Uh, and then you have she's the youngest of the group. Yeah, you've got you've got the dad who is just like complete stoner failure, but he's trying real hard. He he trying. A mum who is very stressed out, very not yes. do good. She's not she's, very struggle. She, she she yeah she many struggle. And toddler who is just adorable and. <laughs> kind of wrong in the best way. Kind of wrong, but like in 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 the right way. What skateboard do you want? The one with. Sega. I want the Sega skateboard. <laughs> and you are quite right to do so, child. Indeed, that is the coolest design that was on that wall. It I was. was drawn to it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's it's little ten minute episodes of just like it's very fast paced. No plot like lasts very long. Yeah. Um, they they manage to convey a story in ten minutes. Yeah. They're yeah like. I think there's a whole season up on Netflix now. Yeah, like, give an example story of the kind of things they do in ten minutes. There's one where, ah, oh, the parents have got a night off finally. <laughs> they were going to have a nice evening in watching the Great British Bake Off. And, oh no, we, we suddenly realise we're feeling quite old. We'll go to a, to a nightclub. Um, 
do some drugs, go like, ah, oh, it's closing time already. No, it's 15 minutes in. You've it's, not had a whole it's night. Nine, it's only 9.15. Uh, also, ah, it turns out that the, the club also murders old people, so that's uh, something they have to find a solution to. VIP. Um, it's silly little nonsense like that. And yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been... If you're old enough, you might get some of the references. <laughs> it's been fun, harmless nonsense. Yeah, it's been alright. It's it's uh, filled a less serious gap after finishing yeah. Star Trek Next I, Gen. I quite enjoyed that episode that went a little bit too many cooks with the <laughs> trapped in the sitcom yeah, house. That was amazing. Yeah, trapped in the sitcom house was, was something. Y- yeah, I was like, that's, um, mm, okay. So it Mmm, it's a bit Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah, it it played with some some tropes. Yeah, I think that was the first episode where I went from, you know, it's just more kind of random regular show stuff to, oh, this ain't fucking around, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the puddle of weird, mmm, I'm just going to splash around in that. (laughs) And yeah, then rub myself it, on your that, couch. that was the episode that sold me on like, oh, okay, okay, this is probably worth sticking with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, we, we, we've been enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also watched through all of Agretzko season three in, in one go. We did. Um, I have thoughts and opinions on season three of Agretzko. Y- same. It it definitely felt like it had more of a direct story it wanted to tell for this season that yes. it was definitely going for. Mm-hmm. It wasn't another season of. Agretzko tries to find a boyfriend while working at the office job and singing karaoke sometimes. No. Um, I don't know how much to say about this one other than it gets real dark and serious for a bit. It involves an idol band. Yeah, um, Agretzko attempts to chase her dreams and, oops, there are terrifying realities involved in that. Yes. Um, Which is people who spend time on the internet. We we are aware of the sort yeah, of thing that happens to people. Yeah, yeah. As someone who has um had had some run-ins with people from the internet who do not like the things I have made, mm-hmm. there were bits of this season of Agretzko that here real close to home. Uh-huh. It's. I thought it was really well done. It was yeah. just like not what I expected from Agretzko. Like. It it felt there was a certain degree of look. If we never get another season, fuck it. Let's just tell a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah, I I question some of the choices about some of the characters yeah. from previous seasons. Agreed. I uh, I think we both spent a lot of time just talking to the telly, going, "No, no, not that. Don't do that. Bad naughty." Yeah, but like I I I like that we got to see some progression on the whole front of Agretzko and her music. Yes, and. I'm glad that we got to see, like, that become something more integral to the plot. Yeah. Rather than just something that happens when she's upset. Yeah, I am interested to see where they go with that from now. Yeah. Also, it was nice to see someone. Yes, yeah. Who voices that character and acts that character very well. Indeed. Ah. Uh, that, at Gretzko Season 3, real good, but just, like, be prepared for like two thirds of the way into the season for it to get like not for it to not be funny for a minute for Hello. it to for it to be like oh 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 I'm I'm legitimately a bit anxious watching this. Mm. Uh, what else did we watch this we week? We finished watching Next Gen at last. <gasps> oh, we finished All watching good things to came to Star an end. Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. That that finale. Yep. 
it, it, it sure was a two-parter that they... Sure was, wasn't it? Finaled. You um, got to see the Enterprise D refit. Yeah, yeah. It. I like the bookended nature of the show starting and ending in a very similar fashion. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely, of the Star Trek finales we've watched, this one felt most open to, and then the adventures continued. But not with you. Yeah, you weren't around for it, but like it, it had less of a sense of finality. Yeah, I think like DS9 very much feels like, and that is the end of the story. Yeah, we wrapped up everyone's stories, and everyone worked out their mysteries, and why would you follow them now? We know what's happened. I suppose there was a little bit left open with Voyager oh, oh, about like and they go back to Earth yeah but what happened because some of them weren't yeah Voyager is just they got home and therefore why would we follow their story anymore yeah this this is just like they continued their trek through yeah. the stars that, it would in no way did if I didn't know this was the last season I'd be like oh they could there's totally another season after this right and what they do next week yeah <laughs> um Star Trek TNG, very good show. Mm-hmm. Its first couple of seasons really don't do it justice. Um, like, here's the thing. When we were early watching it, and I talked about it on Quips, I I think I talked about, like, oh, you know, I, I, I talked about preferring Voyager to it. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> my differentiating between them would be that they're a lot closer together in my mind now mm. than they were at the time. Because, yeah, TNG just has a really not good... Has an inconsistent, not great first couple of seasons. Yes, and well, I don't think Voyager has the greatest first couple of seasons. I, I, mean, I think that is a Star Trek thing. Like at least the first season is usually a bit. Uh, oh, we're finding our feet. At the very least, like Voyager had a better sense of who its characters were and what its overall mission was. Yeah. In that first season, and it was. I don't think Voyager season one had like a. That's a really bad episode. Mm-hmm. TNG. There's a couple of really bad episodes in season one. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, nice. But at some point we will watch the, the movies. We just... It's just a matter of when. Well, what? We're going to have to watch Insurrection. We are, but it's fine. We can we can just watch close enough for a while. We'll, we'll come back to Star Trek in a bit. Mm. We'll give ourselves a buffer. Yeah. I think I'm ready for catch up on all the things everyone recommended while we were going through... Th- Three separate series. <laughs> three well, seasons. Series of Star Trek. <laughs> uh, what about you? What else have you watched this week? I watched that uh, Three Days in Twin Peaks video. Yeah, tell us about that. I need to find out who did that thing. Uh, let me... La la la, vamp for time, vamp for time. Looking it up on the thing, you're clicking on it. So that you can find out who did it. Who did the thing? It was uh, Take the Ring on YouTube. Yeah. And it was just, hey, let's do a three-day trip to the Snoqualmie Valley and visit, like, the the three prominent places where pretty much all of Twin Peaks was shot. And it is beautiful scenery and beautiful landscape and interesting to see, like, some of the old buildings. And how the location's physically, like, oh, that is right next door to that, and you would never know. Oh, the police station is directly opposite the mill. Yeah. And is now, and the mill is now nothing, but the police station is actually like a driving school. (laughs) Like an extreme driving school. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting, and... As I say, it's it's beautiful scenery. There was a reason they shot it there. Just looking around a, ta- a town and be like, ah, so this is what this place is when it's not Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. 
it's um, it's quite an interesting place. And they, the way they've lined up some shots to be like, hey, look, it's that telegraph pole or it's that one shot across the street. And then sort of blurring it into actually actual footage from the show and putting it back and, and talking about like what scenes happened in this place and being like, but if you look at it from this direction, actually they shot this scene here as well. <laughs> so it's technically the same place or going like, um, the motel from Firewalk With Me yes. where, um, Leland Palmer finds out about um, Ronette and Laura. Yes. And and what they've been doing on the side. That is the same motel that they used for the Dutchmans in season three. Mm. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So, like, reused sets and stuff and, and those bits. They go to Jack Rabbit's palace, which is... Obviously, it's a decaying, because <laughs> it's wood. Yeah. It's a dead tree. <laughs> That's what it do. Yeah, it was... It was yeah, just a really nice show to to sit and watch. Yeah. Uh, what, what have I watched this what week? Have you watched? I uh, watched some video game press conferency things. Video games. Yeah. Uh, Sony did their like, hey, here's when the PS5 is coming out and what it's going to cost, and here's a bunch of game footage and whatnot. Um, that was a weird, weird event they did. In that, like, they showed a bunch of really cool footage. It's like, yeah, all these games look really cool. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm real excited for it. Don't know which of them I'm playing day one. This Demon Souls footage looks alright, but it's, it looks really good, but there's no date on it, so that's probably not a launch title. Mm-hmm. And then after the conference finished, like, Twitter was where all the news came from? Like, this hour-long conference, no information. Twitter afterwards, Jeff Keighley's like, oh yeah, Demon Souls is a launch title, and Spider-Man's a launch title, and this, that, and the other, and oh, actually, these games are coming out on PS4 on the same day as well, they're not just PS5 games. It was, it was weird getting the news on Twitter minutes later not during the thing that everyone tuned in for they did a real bad job they did a bad job of communicating information and then they they made a promise months ago where they were like hey hey look don't stress we're gonna give you plenty of warning of when ps5 pre-orders are coming we're not just gonna drop them on you it's not gonna be a big old surprise they're just you know we'll give you plenty of warning you'll know they're coming and then an hour after the press conference they just surprise put up pre-orders and the, and they sold out in minutes and then we're like 8am oh, uh, tomorrow go to go to shops go uh, it was it was they did not do a good job with that no they didn't but Demon Souls look really good and it's gonna be a launch game and that's cool I'm excited to play that and Spider-Man looks very cool Miles Morales doing a Spider-Man <laughs> being, being a man spider I um I was mostly concerned about the fact that Sony fucked up the whole pre-order thing. Yeah. Like, firstly, the fact that they told people, "Hey, don't worry, we're not going to yeah. drop it on you," and then they dropped it on everyone, and then they turned around and went, "Actually, we probably don't have enough to fulfil certain places' orders." Yeah. So we'll release some more. Yeah. Microsoft did their pre-orders like the the morning we're recording this. Theirs were better handled, but not perfectly handled. Yeah, um, like, we've heard stories about people who were just running around the internet refreshing pages, hoping to get one, because yeah. everyone was jammed solid. That that was me this morning, I was like, I should probably get one for work, and uh, the, the small Xbox, the one that I'm looking at, because... For the amount I, think I that's the one everyone's looking for. No, apparently not. Like, people really? are going for the the people that are like Xbox is the one I'm getting and getting the big one because like fixer. Yeah, like the only <laughs> reason I'm going for that is it's like look, PlayStation is like typically the franchises yeah. I enjoy are over there. That's the one I'm going to put the money in on the 4K. 
I I need to have something that plays the new Xbox games for work purposes. Mm-hmm. I will get the minimum entry point for that. I don't mind. It's not in 4K if I can still play the things. Yeah. Um. But they they said like, here's the day, here's the time. All the pre-orders go up. Pre-orders for the small Xbox went up like 40 minutes later than the others with no real warning. So everyone's just there like, can't find one. Where are they? Yeah. Where, where, where is? Lots of refreshing pages and pages crashing and yeah, yeah, lots of. It's, it's the, DDoS is a it's, Yeah, it's great to be like, here's the time and the date. But if those retailers aren't prepared for the onslaught that's coming, uh, that's not good. And also, it means that scalpers know exactly where and when to be. Yep. So, uh, swings and roundabouts to both solutions. Indeed. Yeah, at least for Microsoft, the consoles didn't all vanish while people were asleep and didn't know they'd be up for pre-order. There's that, I guess. Yee. People were at least yeah. able to be there doing the clicking. Bad looks so. Yeah, but consoles are coming out in god like six soon. six weeks consoles are happening. That's too soon. I don't like that. Uh did you watch anything else this week? No. Um just checking if I watched anything else. Um I continued watching a few more bits of ha- The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It continues to be very well made and very tense and also like Oh, this dystopia you've written to be an unrealistic dystopia in places. Uh, oh, since since that aired, that has happened. Oh no! Yeah. Stop, stop it, dystopia. And as I understand from the beginning of this week, actually more accurate by the day. More accurate by the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think honestly, that's that's. I think that's all I've watched this week. Uh, mm. Just double checking. Oh, I we'll watched that Nintendo Direct that happened. Yeah. Um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps game to Switch. That's cool. That's a good game. There's a new Monster Hunter. It's got a cool grappling hook that's like the thing from Freedom Wars on the Vita. That's like. cool. And much like Monster Hunter World, is going to be an open world rather than routinely having loading screens every time you turn a corner. So that's cool. I'm excited mm. for more Monster Hunter. Yay! Yay! And that's it for things I've watched. Well then. Top for this. <laughs> We've got a new sponsor! Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes wake up in the morning and find your partner sitting on the couch, maybe dilating or just having a nice cup of tea because she woke up early? Yeah. Do you also find that there is a very loud kitty cat proclaiming that she has never eaten even a once? Oh, she's dying of starvation and has never been fed and I must desperately feed her now. Desperately. Desperately. You've encountered this situation. I've encountered this situation once or twice in my life. What about an experience where your fiancé has come home (gasps) from work, you've heard her come in, she's maybe left in the shower to rinse off all of the viral strain from outside, and and you think, I will pop down when she comes out of the shower, and she comes out of the shower and she's getting all toweled off, and maybe she's a bit nudie in the living room. Ooh. And you come downstairs, and there is a cat doing a meow, 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 meow. I am so hungry. I've never eaten even a once. And perhaps in both these situations, she actually had been fed very shortly before this situation occurred. Perhaps she even had food still in her bowl, but because you were not the one that fed her, I try. I see. I mean, this has happened, and I'm not going to lie. More than once, I have opened the packet and gone, "Oh, you've been fed already, haven't you?" Yeah, got, once. yeah, tricked me, kitty cat. Naughty. I know, naughty, naughty. kitty cat. 
What can I do about this predicament? Well, try Kitty Lying Alarm. <laughs> it attaches to your cat's collar in a discreet and non-bothering manner, and it will tell you if your cat is doing a lie. <gasps> oh, heck! It has special tummy monitoring sensors that can tell how full the kitty tummy be, and it can tell if the cat has in fact eaten even at once. Even at once? Mm-hmm. Ah, so I no longer will I have to come downstairs and go... Oh no, the kitty is clearly dying. I must feed her right now. And my fiancé is clearly evil and bad for not doing her a feed. This poor, innocent kitty purper. <laughs> exactly. How could this happen? How could this happen? I'd better feed her right now. Oh, the kitty alarm warned me. Ah, that's kitty lying alarm. Uh, you can head over to kittylyingalarm.lol.net and enter the code QNPS136 to get yourself... A small bag of dreamies and a kitty lying alone. Oh, goodness. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 So, uh, I'm tired of doing work. I mean, I have been tired of doing work for a long time. I know, right? Like they Those s- interns don't flog themselves no matter how much I pay them. Exactly, exactly. Like, we, you know, we got like, there's got to be ideas had. We got to, you know, stuff's got to get marked. We have to flog the people that do those tasks right. for us. I've been thinking. Yeah. What if there's another way that we could make money? Yeah. Without having to flog our workers to make that happen. I mean, we can still flog them. Oh, like, okay. You know, we don't have to do that if we're just not feeling up to it on a certain right, day. Right, right, right. Rather than, like, stress about making the games ourselves. Yeah. What if we just bought other companies that make games and we just took some of the money? Nice, I'm I'm very on board for that. Yeah, yeah. there's that, that company that makes all the big open world western RPGs, you know, they're... You know, pretty pretty popular, you know them. them. Didn't we get them already? Isn't that where we got part part of our name? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like, uh, uh what ones can we what ones can we buy up now? Uh I don't know. One of the shooty bang bangs. People yeah. like the shooty bang bangs or the big RPGs. I mean I, I looked at buying that uh the, the, the one that makes the handheld portable home console thing. Apparently, yeah. uh, apparently they're pretty expensive. We probably can't buy them. Not yet. Not yet. Not but. yet. I reckon if we keep buying things and other companies. There's that old uh, company. They stopped making consoles, but people still like their mascot. Oh yeah, game. yeah. What if we? Yeah, we, we buy can, them. We can probably buy them. What are they doing with their brands? Nothing. Yeah, I think they do something with the the plumbing guy, uh, like a sports what, thing. Yeah, once a year they do the they they, they sometimes the sports mascots do a yeah. thing. But yeah, we can we can probably buy the little blue. Uh, the, yeah, the blue um, uh, porcupine. The blue big, porcupine. Big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is going to work out. We just buy studios until we don't have to do any work we don't want to do. Plus, if we buy studios, that means we can flog execs. <gasps> you are fucking genius. I know. So. <laughs> what have your... What did you listen to? What did I put in my ear meets? I tried to think of a good one first. What did I put in my ear meets? Um, oh, baby. Oh. <laughs> Oh no, wake up. <laughs> uh, uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone in between, non binary people and stuff. And this is a queer and pleasant. So, mm. things I listened to yes, this week. That thing. Uh, I listened to a track called No Children by The Mountain Goats. None of them. Not the uh, children. <laughs> the Mountain Goats is a band that I, I, I get into phases of listening to The Mountain Goats. Um,. They have a song that I will come back to every now and then when when times are doing a rough uh called um this uh 
this year, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. It, it has the chorus, I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me, which is... It's really trying. A bit of a rallying cry at times, like, yep, I'm going to get through it. Um, No Children is a really well-performed track about a relationship that is that is fizzling out and is, like, is, is breaking apart, and both people involved are a bit bitter about it, and... It's it's about like hey if 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 I'm going down you're going down with me it is Ooh. it is it is not glamorized but okay. it is it is someone just sort of like bur- burning their bridges on their way out and mm. it is lyrically fascinating and very well performed in terms of like conveying emotion through how the lyrics are performed it's a good track it's it's an intense track yeah um. I also listened to some other things, which I'm scrolling to find. Finding things. Uh, I listened to lots of tracks from The Weather, from Welcome to Night Vale. The Weather. And we'll get to why that is in a second. Um, I wonder. I wonder. I'm going to rattle through some, if you don't mind. Not at all. Uh, The Tiny. Closer. Uh, Yeah, good track that, right? Great track. Um, It has a really interesting sort of lilting vocal pacing. Like, I don't know how to describe it better. Um, you know, uh, was it Tiny Tim who does Tiptoe Through the Tulips? Yes. It's that, um, I can't remember what they call it, like, high pitch, like, falsetto singing? It's the sombre tone of that. Yes. Sombre falsetto. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, her vocal performance is very emotive. Lots of subtle changes in pitch and tone to convey emotion. It's a track that is well worth listening to for its vocals alone. With headphones. Good yeah, headphones. it's it is a real just shut your senses out and just let that voice carry you for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Which with Night Vale already works really well because you. I think the best way to listen to that is sort of like walking along at night with yeah. some nice headphones on. Exactly. It is like a perfect what a Night Vale weather should be mm-hmm. track, I think. Uh, two gallants, despite what you've been told. Yeah, yeah you know this one as well, don't you? One. Yeah, it's another one. It's another track that's like totally carried by its vocal line. Um, it, it lots of pluck-based guitar rather than strumming. The track builds in intensity really gradually up to this very big crescendo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is my favorite thing about it. It's like a four and a half minute track, and it just builds and builds and builds and builds very gradually on the same theme until it just is done and it, it tapers off it's a very good track um dan burn jerusalem yeah another one you know yeah uh, it is it is a slightly silly song about someone who reveals halfway through the track that he is the messiah and it it's it is played sort of humorously but it, it's an it's a really interesting track um the vocalist has a very Bob Dylan esque like sort of drawl to the way he sings. I'm Messiah, not the Messiah. It's very fun to sing along with that track. I I very much enjoy putting the putting the Dylan on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mystic, Neptune's Jewels. Uh, really nice hip hop track. Very strong beat driving it. Uh, great fe- uh, femme vocalist. The kind of track that you put it on and I just can't resist having a bit of a bop to. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll bounce back and forth a little bit while I'm listening. Um, and that, that's the Night Bell Weather ones. I got one other song mm-hmm. this week. Um, I've been listening to several covers of a track called Die Anywhere Else uh, from a game called Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Night in the Woods, 
Mm. There's some shitty stuff with the creators of that game, so I'm saying that up front, I'm not recommending you play the game. But, as someone who did play the game before that came to prominence, occasionally I will go... Other people's covers of a track from that game I will sometimes indulge in. Although, if you bought the um, Black Lives Matter bundle from Ichio, then you got it, because it was indeed. in there. It, indeed. Um, yeah, the game has some issues, but I can't deny that any time I come across like a good cover of this track, it makes me feel like I'm a... F- it makes me remember being a 15-year-old in a shitty band with my friends, just wanting to jam out to something simple and angsty and a little bit optimistic. Hey, y'all were great. Uh, it's... I'm, we, we, we weren't technically good, but we had fun. Um, Enthusiasm. <laughs> that's what I want from well, a punk band. That's what I mean. It's like, it Die Anywhere Else, but when it's covered well, is the epitome of, like, you don't know, need to know more than, like, three chords, and you just kind of hammer it out, and it's very simple. But it's the kind of thing that you, a, a group of teenagers who are just like, Ugh, I don't want oh, I just want to get out of this town and start somewhere new. Like, that kind of energy channeled into mm-hmm. a well-written track. Yay. Um, so I, I sometimes indulge in covers of that track, and I did that this week. Yay. What about you? What have you listened to? I've listened to a lot of the Dicebreaker podcast. Yeah? Because I started listening to it when it first came out, and it was like, oh, there's only two episodes. <laughs> I don't consume podcasts like that. Yeah. So now there's like 20-something episodes. I've listened to them all in reverse order at double speed. Because that's how I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I, I I agree with you. Podcast binger. I'm not here for the single episodes. I want to wanna stick like hours of my life into something. Tell me all of the things as fast as possible. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're like, they're had some good conversations about the alien RPG. Mm-hmm. Like a tabletop role-playing game of alien. And mm-hmm. the GM is basically mother. <laughs> and there are like some really cool stress mechanics in there. Like you'll bring in some extra colored dice, but if you roll a one on any of the, uh, the extra colored dice, you will receive stress problems. And that can go very, very badly wrong <sighs> from, you know, being unable to function and screaming and scaring other people to just staring glassy eyed while lying on the floor and being completely catatonic. Oh, wow. Like there, there are mechanics for, hey, this is a very stressful situation. Like there is a whole thing in that game where you can't shoot a human. Mm. Unless you fail an empathy roll. Ah. Like, because it is a very stressful thing to point a gun at another human, no matter how shitty they might have been. Yeah. So, like, and either way you're going to get a stress point for it, because you've just pointed a gun at someone. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's apparently it's a bit dense, because it is trying to put stuff from several films in, like all of the films. Okay. But it is very much the alien tabletop RPG yeah. rather than like it's it's not about having like hundreds of colonial marines gunning Here down. Here is one very scary thing and you're all very vulnerable. One or two. Yeah. But yeah, like you are very vulnerable you might have a hidden role so you might be working for the company. Yeah. And you might have your own thing but you might not survive either because you know how that usually works out for, for people working mm-hmm. for the company trying to get an alien back to Earth. It's not good. No. Um, so yeah, that sounds really fascinating. I think that was the one I was really most focused on. They've been talking about it a lot recently. Yeah. Um, a few other board games, like the the 
I was just listening to one on the way home about um, like detective games. Hmm. Uh, there is apparently a new um, Sherlock Holmes detective uh, consulting detective game, yeah. either out or ha- or coming out soon, hmm. um, where basically you are playing like the uh, is it the Baker Street Irregulars? Yeah, yeah. And you are just a bunch of kids trying to solve the mystery and then report back to Mister Holmes, who will go yes. Yes, I you you did get that right, or you you kind of got there, but you scored minus thirty points, <laughs> and and I scored a hundred points. Did you do better than me? Probably not. And like they were talking about how like you solve all the mysteries, but if you look in the box, there's still more stuff, and there might be something that ties all of the things together. <gasps> oh, because uh, do you know anything about the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective games? Uh, not the games, no. Um, so they are like. It's a big box full of just bits, like yeah. the newspaper for the day. Okay. And you will have a big, broadsheet-sized, boat, like, f- fake newspaper. Yeah. It's like, this is the newspaper, and you, you read, like, all of all of the There'll information. There'll be a clue somewhere on there for something, There will maybe. be many clues in yeah. there. Like, you might be looking just for the obituaries, but you might be looking at, like, just a, a random article that has appeared somewhere. And then you might, you know, go and investigate something in that area and refer to a bit in another book and, and get some information or some, some clue. You might tie people together by their names. That sounds fascinating. Fascinating, but I'm not sure it's for me. I, I don't it think It sounds a little too much like homework. A little bit too much like homework and just too much like I prob- would probably get to the end of it and feel really, really stupid. That's the thing with games like this. You're either going to feel very smart or you're going to feel very stupid and like you've wasted several hours being stupid. Yeah, and especially given my reading speed, the idea of reading a broadsheet with tiny text that big Ooh. is kind of intimidating. And potentially having to do so repeatedly. Yeah, because the ADHD isn't going to hold all that information in there. No. No. <laughs> Uh, what about you? Have you listened to anything else? Uh, other than that, I got up to date on the Magnus archives. Ooh, the meaningers. Um, yeah, the last few episodes of that have been real good and real tense. Mm. Um, it definitely feels like an arc has wrapped up, and I'm curious where it's going from here. Yeah, well, not what happens next. Yeah, and I've continued listening to Welcome to Night Vale. <gasps> I managed in, it. Yeah, I'm like sixty episodes in. Damn. I am. I think I'm. I'm coming up on like. I think. I think the furthest I ever got into Night Vale was about 80 episodes. Okay. Most of my re-listens I get about 40 episodes in before mm-hmm. I drop off. Has so you passed I... the novel yet? I've passed the novel, okay. I believe. Um, I, I, I'm I getting there. I will soon be listening to new Night Vale content that I have not heard before. Welcome to Nude Vale. Uh, generally, the, the experience I'm getting is like... Oh yeah, I sort of remember this as the the topic of this episode. None of the specifics have stuck in my head. <laughs> so like, I'm getting to enjoy the specifics uh, yeah. brand new. It's the overarching narrative stuff. I'm like, ah, this is the one where the list is important again. I, ah, I remember oh, that being a thing. List. Yeah, things like that. I, yeah. I remember overall plot relevant moments. Yeah. Ah, I think that's everything I've listened to this week. <laughs> sleepy. I'm Aww. very sleepy. Well then... Time for this. Are you tired? Uh, yeah. Stressed? Uh-huh. Harassed by responsibilities? Oh, there's so much I'm supposed to be doing. Come on by and have a nice rest. Oh, thank God. A nice rest. We've got comfy, quiet rooms. Oh. 
we've got a lovely view. Oh, look at that. We've got, you know, just soundproof rooms, so you won't have to hear from anyone else. Also, we've got no internet signal whatsoever. Oh, I'll just sit down and nice. I'll get round to that book. Sure, bring a oh. book, as long as it's not too stressful, okay? Oh, it's a very nice library. It's just a gentle joke. Book is fine. Lovely, lovely. Book your first hour today and receive a free hot drink and your choice of a nice biscuit. <gasps> Oh, you've got custard creams and everything. A nice rest. Try yourself one today. <sighs> yeah, you uh, ready for the weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to hit up a uh, children's uh, birthday party and we're well sick. Well, I mean, it's going to be a bit more difficult now, isn't it? Because like, there's only going to be like six people there, isn't it? Yeah, well, I know, but that's still six people that I can get sick, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you could always get them to take it to school with them, and then you'll be spreading it around even more. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, it's not all that bad. There's still places we can get it spread. Yeah, definitely. Although, uh, I did hear that there was going to be up to 30 people grouse shooting on the moors at the weekend. Oh, yeah, can't can't be getting them, can't be getting them. I wouldn't touch them, wouldn't wouldn't touch me yours, mate. Exactly, you know, like, you know, there's there's plenty of them there, could go for it. I've got standards, though. Exactly, they are gross Tory scum. And there's no way I would want to touch him within a ten foot barge pole. Disgusting, disgusting. Exactly, exactly. I might, I might be a deadly pandemic, but I got standards. Well, yeah, definitely standards beyond a fucking Tory, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although if we did go near him, they might uh, not be able to do their Toryness. Right now, though, they are destroying the NHS, which is going to help more pandemics like us flourish. Yay! <laughs> Questions, Sam. Staff questions. Lots of questions. Uh, first question this week comes from Tricky. Tricky asks, would you prefer to live out your fantasies? Sorry, would you prefer to live out or outlive your fantasies? Ooh. Oh. I don't really understand the question. I would uh, like to live out my fantasies. Yeah. Uh, out, outlive my... F- mm. Kill your fantasies. My fantasy stops before I do. That sounds very bad. I have destroyed all my fantasies. No, I will live out my fantasy, please. Yes, yes. one live, please. Fancy Wookie asks, hottest character in Paradise Killer? Oh, mm. uh, I've completely forgotten her name, but the, the goat lady who lives in the sewers. That sounds amazing. Yeah, um, her whole deal is that she like trades in secrets. You you give her you give her blood crystals and she'll tell you like oh. she, she'll tell you everyone's alibis and what secretly like ah here's here's their motive ah, that's what they're not telling you ah oh, secrets uh, yeah she's just she, she's just a, she's just a goat lady that lives in the sewers selling people secrets and she's pretty cool she can manifest through portals who can't these days I know right uh, Larry Yelling and I haven't played it so I can't answer that one Larry Yelling and me asks uh, did anyone order this cat bread. Oh, that's some good. That's a good that's cat a good loaf. Cat bread. I that's... didn't. I didn't order this cat loaf, but oh, I will accept this cat loaf. I will pet the cat loaf if the if the cat loaf would be up for pettings. Check out my Twitter if you want to see the adorable cat loaf. Bethany Turner asks, "What is your most bizarre ship?" As in headcanon relationships, not ships that sail. Bizarre one. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if I have any bizarre ones. I don't know if I have any. I don't think about people like that. No, same. Um, I mean, usually, I if I if I usually I, I the ships that happen are because there's gay they're gay and there's tension. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually, like all oh, those gay characters have a rivalry going on. What if they smooched? I mean, I think usually in a show you can sort of see that coming. Yeah, I I very rarely ship characters where it's not already clear that the show's trying to push them. 
Yeah, and even then, like shows like Agretzko, I'm very willing to go. No, yeah, I don't like the. Should not be together. I don't like the pairing the show is creating. Mm, No, thank you. Yeah, I'm not really a big shipper. I'm not a shipper. Yeah, if people fall in love, I'm very happy for them. But indeed, it's not for me to impose my will on. Exactly. Uh, Oh, oh, the small muchly plushie. Oh, asks, uh, what is the least attractive vegetable? Oh, they extract a vegetable. Um, hmm. Bigoted marrow. <laughs> I I suppose so. Yep, bigoted marrow, worst vegetable. <laughs> uh, Lucy asks, what's your favourite time of the year? Ah, oh, oh, too many answers. Depends when There's you ask answers. me. I, I, depending on when in the year you ask me, I, ha- I always have rose-tinted glasses about <laughs> different times of year. I I like the weather to be sunny enough that I can be like, oh heck, it's sunny and it's all lovely and everything looks good, but that it's cool enough that I can wear a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's perfect weather for me. Is like not so warm that I can't wear a hoodie, but it looks beautifully sunny outside. I'm not perspiring by default. Exactly. Okay. When I was very young, it used to be winter. Loved winter. Thought it was quite magical. It used yeah. to snow occasionally. Yeah. And then I got older and I loved the beauty and majesty of autumn because yeah. it's all brown and crunchy and beautiful and I had I had made some good memories in an autumn one year. And then I got old and everything started creaking and I went, <laughs> I'll need summer, give me sun, please stop everything hurting, I do not like the cold anymore. I mean, that's very valid. Love looking at autumn, love looking at winter. Yeah. I only really I, like being outside in summer. I love summer theoretically, uh, unless I, I like summer when it's like, oh, this is pleasantly warm. Not when it's like, oh, I'm dying. I'm being cooked alive. It's forty-eight degrees in the shade and like hundred percent humidity. <sighs> yeah, those are the, that those days are the reason I don't default to saying summer. I think we're gonna see more of those days, so I might go off summer too. Yeah, I might become a spring person. I mean, honestly, like. Spring, that that bit of spring can be lovely. Warm spring, like sort of, you know, just not hot but warm spring. Indeed, snowdrops, beautiful things. Yeah. Uh, Alice the Gayest Dungeon Owl. That's still an amazing name, isn't it? Just asks, are you ready for Halloween? I am always ready. I mean, yeah, I'm ready for Halloween. Uh, I had a cool face mask show up that has spikes all over it. Yeah, you do. You Which look very Mad Max. Once, once there's a heifer filter uh, attached into it somehow, um, that that's gonna be the the Halloween look, I think. Mm-hmm. And also probably the pre-Halloween look. It's gonna be the look. My wife's a badass. Uh, I look ready for the apocalypse. You really do. And I've been wondering when we should start dressing for that since the beginning of the oh, virus lockdown. I've, I've been starting to prepare the apocalypse outfit. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky too. Hi Becky, love Hi, you. Becky, love love you. Uh, asks, how salty that girlfriend though? Well, I mean, that's what the scientists are finding out. Oh, how, how salty this girlfriend? How salty this wife? Um, wife is um, sort of not terribly salty. Uh, in terms of how salty that girlfriend, um, lab tests will soon tell us. Mm-hmm. We will have quantifiable data on how salty that girlfriend. How salty? I mean, if she's not had a cup of tea and she, oh, she, she might, she, ooh, might be very yeah, salty. Yeah, might be very salty. Oh, the salt is real. Lucy <laughs> uh, Evans asks, if you were to have a sandwich named after you, what kind of sandwich would it be? Uh what what would the Laura K Buzz sandwich be? A marmite and peanut butter, probably. I would imagine so. Yeah. 
Just Marmite on one side, peanut butter on the other, toasted, smush them together. I think mine would be a rebranded, veganised version of the heart attack sandwich, which I invented many years ago. <laughs> uh, which is uh, four whole sausages, an entire pack of bacon, and three fried eggs. So if you can find an equivalent of vegan fried eggs, and then you just cover it in Thousand Island dressing and daddy sauce, and serve it on, like, inch-thick bread, because otherwise it'll melt before you get to it. <laughs> Yeah, that would be your sandwich. Yeah, but vegan. That <laughs> was not a healthy teenager. No. In any respect. Uh, Matthew Huston asks, With the Nine Inch Nails soundtrack for Quake having been remastered on vinyl, uh, what other game soundtracks do you think should get the same treatment? Oh, I would really enjoy a um, an Undertale vinyl soundtrack. Oof. That's got some good tracks on there. It does. Yeah, I'm just picturing me- Megalovania on vinyl. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would that would be very pleasant. We don't yeah. own a record player, but no, we do not. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know. Like, oh, mm. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm, oh, yeah. I would love the Sayonara Wild Hearts soundtrack on vinyl. Um, oh, uh, I mean, it probably already exists on vinyl. The uh, Full Throttle soundtrack, Bone to Pick by the Gonjackos. Probably does, I imagine. Um, I mean, it definitely had a CD release. Although you can probably rip most of it off of the actual Full Throttle CD. <laughs> um, what else? Goodness. Like, I would love to see a high quality version of the Phantasmagoria, like, title thing. Oh, yeah. Because that was beautifully done with, like, a full orchestra. Mm. And like, um, like singers, and just, and uh, like, a, I think it's something like a thirty voice choir or something. They, yeah, they got some things in, and then the only video you can find of that music is the uh, crushed to hell version on YouTube, which is in like one forty p, like one byte per second. Uh, well, one kilobit per second uh, yeah. bitrate. It's oh, it's a great tune. It slaps, but it is crushed to it, death. It has been butchered. Um, I want to say something really annoying for a vinyl. A uh, thing on a string. A uh, thing <laughs> on a spring. Love that soundtrack, but it is 8-bit music. It just loops, and I think it's only about a minute long. <laughs> Imagine that on a 45. <laughs> mm-hmm. Samuel West asks, what is your favourite form of potato? A sexy potato. I mean, that's a good answer. Um, I really enjoy a potato croquette. Uh, It's got all the benefits of, like, a nice fluffy chip, but Mm. also of, like, mashed potato. Mm. It's very fluffy, very thin, crispy outside. It It is my, like, it gets the density of potato right. I, f- I find croquettes a bit too dense. They are not my favourite by any stretch. Um, they're too dense in and the, when they're properly cooked, they are just too hot for too long. I mean, that's fair. That is a valid criticism They are a fruit that doesn't want to be eaten for a while. <laughs> um, and it's not like they burn on the outside. They're just really dense, nicely crispy on the outside, and then just like, I am solid hardcore potato of burniness forever now. <laughs> Like, they'll make you a mayonnaise sizzle. <laughs> and that's not a good thing, even with the vegan mayo. Um, my favourite one, probably a potato waffle. 
A potato waffle is just a good, simple... You can't go ro- too far wrong with just a potato waffle. Or maybe fresh hash browns. Oh, like, yeah. Like some like American diner where they just make fresh made hash browns on a grill. <gasps> okay, yeah. I Good, good hash browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like cheap, shitty hash browns as well. I mean, yeah, but it's not the same But if as we're a... saying favourite, top yeah. quality, top shelf potato, <laughs> that's the one I'm going for. Uh, Lucy Nevins again, sneaking in all the question threads, well done. Uh, asks, in case you need a backup question, what Pokemon theme would you have if you were a gym leader? I.e. all spoops or all fire types, for example. Oh, oh, um... All shiny Pokemon whose shiny variants are blue-coloured. I'd have, um... I'd have a shiny... I'd have a shiny Psyduck, shiny Ditto, shiny uh, Ponyta, um... What the good blue ones are there? You, you get the general idea I do, of the yes. theme, yes. I'd have a shiny, uh, the the usually pink knit around that turns blue. Um, can't remember which way around it is. No, I can never remember those. Needlessly gendering knit arounds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd have all the blue shiny Pokemon. All the blue shiny Pokemon. Um, yeah. Mostly Gen ones, by the sound of it. I I mean that Gen one shiny Pokemon are the most recent ones I've hunted in detail. They're ah. the ones I. That's why I can remember the, the colorations most. Um, I, I'm torn. Part of me says I would just have a fairy, fairy set because I like fairy Pokemon. Yeah. And part of me says I would just have six Bulbasaur's because <laughs> Bulbasaur's are awesome. They'd like be fully trained, like level one hundred, yeah. and they would be very much loved, and they would have ridiculous names, probably related to marijuana. <laughs> Maybe have have a team of alternating Bulbasaur's and fairies, Bulbasaur's and Jiggies. Yeah, <laughs> you have a Jigglebulb, Jim. Jigglebulb, well, that sounds very me. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all the questions. <clears throat> well then, time for this. <clears throat> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? The inside of my eyelids. Soon, <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> what else do you want to see more of, though? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you, how you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Feeling a bit gravelly. Yeah, same, same. Feeling a bit run down. Yeah, same. Just need a good rest, I think. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Yeah. You've been, uh, you've been up to much. Oh, I uh, made a mistake. You're coming on social media today. You know. Oh, it's been a lot today, isn't it? Oh, it has. It has. In many ways, it's been a lot. Uh, particularly. Uh, I caught all this stuff about the GRA reform. Yeah, they finally uh, published their uh, decisions on that, and while after it... two years, uh, yeah, Gosh. it's been like two years since the end of that. Then there was the year that it was ongoing, plus the yeah. extension. You know, the fact that they, you know, trans people were having to deal with the fact that there were lobbying groups who put together a form for hatred, which would fill it in in the most negative way uh, possible, with just a few clicks and entering your name. It'd just do all that for you. Yeah. It's uh, it was it was a lot for I imagine for trans people to have to go through for all that time yeah. and uh, yeah, looking at the uh, the published results, it's uh, well, it's been a massive fucking waste of everyone's basically, time. Basically, nothing has happened. Yeah, the the ba- the most basic we have ticked some stuff off to say it's technically better now. None of the stuff that was actually important. 
No, no, and and they even said that uh, reforms were less of a priority. You know, we should be yeah. dealing with waiting times. That doesn't mean to say you just have to ignore everything. Yeah, you're allowed you to forget one thing. You can fix it. more than one thing for trans people. Well, apparently not. No, apparently not. So uh, the only thing that I can actually point to and go that is objectively a good thing is that they knocked off that 140 quid per attempt to apply for the... Yeah, well, they've they said a nominal amount, but, I mean, it's a Tory, they could be upping that to 280 quid. I, I'm, o- you know, I'm, I'm quietly hoping that means, like, you know, a prescription fee cost, you know, sort of tenor range. It'd be nice. I yeah. mean, the, they haven't got rid of any of the bureaucracy of it, though, so no. there is still... Well, you can do it online now, so that doesn't really change anything. Not You're really. probably just going to have to scan those same documents. There is there is still the, the issue of... Of, uh, like the fact that you're still very bureaucratic it's yeah. going to be done online but you know the, it's still the, a shadowy panel of, of mysterious people deciding your fate exactly you know and on top of that you know the, the kind of information they want it has to come from the GIC so if you don't have that already and you're someone you know who has already completed uh, they've, they've, they've gone as far through that process as they want to go they've maybe had surgery or yeah. or gone as far as they will with that that if they don't have necessarily the paperwork that they need from the GIC, that means going back to them, yeah. potentially having to get put back on their books, which could be a three-year wait. Yeah. So then go, well, this document doesn't count until I've had it for two years. So that's five years before you can even take that information back to that panel. Yeah. And like on top of that, like you know, they've not touched on self-ID at all. They've not mentioned uh, non-binary people not at all. Not even once. No. Uh, spousal veto still exists, yeah. uh, which is terrible. Your, your spouse can still go, yeah, you don't get to update your GRC because I say so. Imagine that was any other type of, you know, like personal decision. Yeah. And I think it's important for the spousal veto to point out that um, the UK does not have have um no fault divorce um no. someone has to be found at fault and you have to prove wh- what they did wrong which means that like and unfortunately they refuse to let me change my gender is not considered grounds for divorce which is uh not great that is very concerning that they would say that that is not cause for divorce no that is not cause for uh what is it um undue irresponsibility or whatever it is in the relationship so at that point you have to put yourself in a position where you are uh, at fault of something or wait to separate and wait two years because apparently you have to have not lived with each other for two years before you can no fault Uh, yeah I have had that experience yeah yeah it is is nonsense Um, also they try to to, uh, take credit for three new GRCs being built which Actually, the NHS a couple of years ago decided was going to happen, and, and they're you not know, even proper GRCs. They're experimental, some kind of new thing, and we don't know who's staffing these things. Exactly, but you know, the, they're more than happy in that GRA consultation to be like, "No, no, we're doing it. We're fixing things for uh, you." I believe one of them's going to be in London. Yeah, which already has a GRC. Yeah, uh, we're getting one in Manchester. I can't remember where the, the other one is, but they're like, there's still. The South Coast, yeah. Wales, no mention of Scotland. Yeah. Uh, Ireland, I understand, is also another place that's like really inundated from, from, from their uh, clinics over there. It's just not good enough. Exactly. It's been exactly. a whole nothing. And then there was that snide little comment in at the end that really seems oh. to be just appeasing the turf. Oh, that bit where they took a thing that, like, you know, the, the, the Equalities Act does have a bit that says, 
if it, technically under extenuating circumstances, you can ban trans people from single uh, sex spaces. Under very specific circumstances, it is technically possible. And then Liz Truss has reworded it in this uh, this post to basically be like, oh, don't worry, TERFs, don't worry, TERFs, you can you ban trans women from women's spaces all you like, don't worry about it. It's, it's throwing around biological sex a lot to be like, it, it's, yeah. it's real TERF dog whistle. Oh, yes. Which is concerning from the Equalities Minister. Yeah, I encourage anyone living in the UK to sign the petition going around at the moment to uh, take the GRA recommendations as they were, you know, proposed. Because I understand yesterday that that petition was on not very much. Uh, Uh, They hit 50% this morning and uh, they were about 1,500 away from getting it. It took two and a half days it took for it to get fully fully up to government's got to talk about it. Oh, is it actually up to government? Yeah, I believe so. You say government's got to talk about it, but I have signed petitions on the government website before where they've just gone, now we've decided we're not going to address that. But it's hit the threshold that in theory means they've got to talk about it. Theoretically. Um, Hopefully. Hopefully someone will stand up for trans people and actually make sure that that conversation is had and that the government don't just get away with we've already given our, our response on this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. As has been pointed out, 80% of people who responded to that GRA consultation were like, yeah, self-ID, let that happen, get rid of all the bureaucracy. And that is with TERFs having a fucking click and it does it for you form. Yeah. Still 80, 85% of people were like, oh yeah, no, just do all the things trans people have been asking for. Yeah, I was reading to say that was like, they reckon that was about 20,000 people Yeah, went through that, which is a small percentage of the population. So hopefully the people that, at least in, at that degree of hate and... Who knows how many of those people were using duplicate email addresses. Indeed. Virtual log, mate. Virtual log. Yeah, I think... Oh, oh, I think I'm going to hit a bit, mate. It's bedtime, isn't it? It is that. Well, it isn't, but I need it. Have a a good rest. You too, mate. You too. You too. So, Laura? Me? Where am I on the internet? Yes. Is that? Uh, Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. If you can uh, donate as little as a dollar a month on Patreon, that is how I get to do this full time and make all the things that you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, everything I publish ends up on laurakbuzz.com, which you can also find by going to laurakbuzz.gay now. Yay! Uh, also, I can be emailed at laura at laurakbuzz.gay because domain names. So that's a place you can reach me. Yay! Um, Yay! <laughs> Um, every Friday I upload episodes of Accessibility on YouTube, which is a video series about the video game industry and accessibility and representation. Mm-hmm. Every Friday, check that out on YouTube. Um, yeah, that's I, gonna be good. Yeah, um, I'm excited for it. Um, uh, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays I stream on Twitch at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Uh, what else is there? There's books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. There's also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. That's coming out on February 4th, 2021. And Gender Euphoria. It's an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. It's going to be out for Pride Month 2021. Uh, Podcasts. Pixel Squirt. It's about video game character pornography. Uh, Podquisition. It's about whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Happy 300. 
heck yeah, that will have happened by the time mm. that this goes up with uh, with special guests Jonathan off of Road Rules. <laughs> uh, sorry, how do I Jonathan off of Road That's Rules? The one. Uh, and the return of Gavin for a little little bit of that episode. A little bit of a little, little bit of Gavin time. Um, there's also Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Each season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. Uh, I'm also on a podcast with you that isn't this one. It's Polyamory. It's yeah. a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Wow, we are so far ahead with that show. Um, there will have been an episode up on Saturday, because I will have got up on Friday night after work and, and done the edit on that. Promise. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a heavy week to edit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on this week. It's very, very busy and I can't sleep. Um, yeah, I do other things. Probably things. Patreon.com slash Radio. That's the one that helps me justify a 70-hour work week for as little as a dollar a month. You can help support me. Or you can donate, like, $10 a month and get early access. You can get Queer and Pleasant Strangers on a Wednesday or Thursday morning, um, depending on when I finish editing it. Mm-hmm. I've also got a Redbubble where I design t-shirts. I had an idea for a t-shirt today, <gasps> and I immediately forgot what it was, and I'm a fool for not writing it down. Oh no, ADHD yeah. brain. <laughs> Very annoyed about that one, because I remember it being real fucking good. <laughs> Um, who knows, I might have written it down somewhere and just forgotten. <laughs> hmm, that's always fun. Um, what else do I do? Uh, we've got a SoundCloud. We're doing skittisodes of old uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers episodes. If you like the comedy, but don't think you want to listen to whatever we were waffling about two or three years ago, you can just listen to a skittisode. It's just all of the joke sections from those episodes. All of the silly bits. All of those. And I am slowly uploading. They go up every Wednesday at about six o'clock. I've got loads of written stuff on uh, stonedmonkeyradio.blog. I've been writing lots of board game reviews recently. Yeah. I've got some opinion pieces coming out. I've got some silly people pieces going out. I am really pushing to do this as a career. <laughs> Indeed, and I hope that that's a thing you can do. I hope so too. Please support me on Patreon. Thank you. I love Woo. you. Um, there's probably other things. You can find them at streamlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-A-A-C. Thank you very much, Laura. Can you sing us out, please, darling? Let's have a rest. He's a stranger. I'm trying not to dribble on you. Oh, baby. I'm so tired.